Well, there are a number of theories out there uh, circulating today about the why, the who, the what, uh, the motivation behind the media's coverage of the, 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 the Joe Biden possession of classified emails. And um, the, the predominant theory, which is surface level, is which I, I'm sure many of you thought, is that the Democrats are ready to get rid of Joe Biden. They want to offload him. They're ready to pull the trigger. This is the moment they've been waiting for. Here comes Kamala. Here comes Gavin Newsom in 2024 and so on and so forth. That they're just, he's, he's too much of a political liability at this point. And uh, this is the moment they've all, we've all been waiting for. That's the first theory. The, the second theory is that the... The Democrats are doing this. You know, Merrick Garland is creating this special counsel to investigate Biden's possession of classified documents because they're in some way kind trying to obstruct the Republican, the House Republicans efforts to investigate Joe Biden themselves. Right. They can claim they've got their own special counsel on it. There's no need for these Republican investigations. So in in essence, one theory says they're trying to get rid of Joe Biden, and another theory says they're trying to protect Joe Biden. I've got a third theory here that I will unveil for you. This is Drew Allen, by the way, host of The Drew Allen Show, your millennial minister of truth, proof that masculinity is not dead. It is still alive and thriving uh, between these years and in this spectacular specimen of a body. I'm just kidding. I'm kidding too much, huh? Um, So look. Are, are, you know, these 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 claims, these speculations, these theories, I mean, they, they're they're all founded. They're fine. They're fine. Um, but I think it's something different. And it's based on what the media is doing. Now, look, j- just to go through this to so that nothing's confusing, that we have all the facts straight here. Aides to Joe Biden discovered a dozen or so classified some top secret documents in a closet that he claims they claim was locked at the Penn Biden Center, right? He had a think tank set up in 2018 at the University of Pennsylvania. Again, I know, I know Joe Biden has a think tank. How about that? Uh, The irony, Um, you know, and he got paid something like a million dollars to quote unquote teach there. Yeah, I mean, this is how the Democrats operate, right? I mean, you see Adam Kinzinger, I think he got a job over at CNN now. Uh, You know, if you're a a good uh, uh, Democrat spokesman, a good acolyte, a good occultist, you know, doing the bidding of the Democratic Party. Well, th- this is why you betray your country, because you know they're going to pay you, reward you in some way after office. I mean, this is this is what the Clintons have done. They cashed in on the presidency. Uh, Joe Biden obviously has cashed in on his political career. Barack Obama did the same thing. I mean, he was not a, uh, I, I mean, look, I mean, by the standards of the country, I mean, he was wealthy uh, when he became president, but he was not what he wanted to be, he admired. I mean, all these people, the Democrats attack, the billionaires and the rich. I mean, it, it's a bunch of virtue signaling because really they they just long for that themselves. They want to belong to that political class, uh, to that, that, that class in America, the elites. And the way many of them do it is they, well, sell out to them. You know, they take their donor money and they're promised that if they carry out this Marxist agenda, give them favors, handouts, quid pro quos that, well, once they finish office, once they get out of there, whether it's resigning or their terms end in the case of Obama and the Clintons, well, they will be 
handsomely rewarded. So, you know, Barack Obama and his wife get a, you know, $30 million book deal, which is just unheard of, unseemly. Uh, You know, they get Netflix deals. I mean, these guys aren't film people. They've never produced a documentary before. But, you know, that's that's the payoff. Hey, wink, wink, nod, nod. We got your back. So, look, these, these emails, the first batch was discovered on November 4th in the midst of the midterm elections. The midterm elections were already underway. Early voting was in. And the Democrats very much tried to make the midterm elections about Donald Trump again, even though that he was uninvolved apart from certain endorsements and so on and so forth. But it's absurd. But, you know, they think it worked for them in 2020. So that's all they have. It's not about electing Democrats because of what they're going to do for the country based on their merits, based on their accomplishments, based on uh, the record, based on reality and experience. No, it's just because Donald Trump is a threat to democracy. It's these little talking points that they give time and time again that, you know, are supposed to rally their base. And their base, of course, believes the lies. They ignore the truth. And that that's how it goes on and on. So December 4th, the first batch was discovered. And and I've got a look here. Um, You had Merrick Garland come out. Uh, I haven't decided if I'm going to play the audio yet. Probably not. Um, But, you know, so so December, so November 4th, they found the first batch. And apparently Merrick Garland, right, the the aides turned those documents over to the National Archives. The FBI collected them. And they keep claiming, well, you know, Joe Biden, he had them for six years. And think about this. Those documents were sitting in that office for six years, more than likely. Six years sitting there. You know what? By the way, I want to point something out. The public libraries in America, they have better record keeping. They have a better chain of custody in place than the federal government and the National Archives. You know, the, 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 the public library would know that a book was overdue sooner than the National Archives or the federal government would notice that a classified document, top secret document with potentially harmful information to America, if it got into the wrong hands, is out there. Is that not astonishing to you? I mean, the ineptitude of the federal government is one point to make here. So November 14th, um, Merrick Garland told uh, Lausch, you know, the the U.S. attorney out of Chicago there to look into this. And Garland said, you know, after he got the report back, he then decided whether to appoint a special counsel. Well, on December 20th, uh, additional White House aides or the legal team at that point, well, they discovered an additional batch of classified documents at one of Joe Biden's uh, homes in Delaware. He's got two, one by the beach. This one was in Wilmington, I believe. It's the Wilmington home. And they were in his garage where his Corvette was also stored. And I'll play a clip of Corrine Jean-Pierre. I mean, Corrine Jean-Pierre, it is sad to watch her up there as the press secretary. She is the worst press secretary I have ever seen. Absolutely. It is embarrassing to watch her. Nobody is worse at that job than Corrine Jean-Pierre. But, you know, she's black and I believe she's a lesbian. So that checks off the boxes, right? 
right? Her appearance and her sexuality. Well, that makes her qualified for the job. Kind of like Pete Buttigieg, right? The only reason he is the transportation secretary, the guy has no experience in uh, any kind of management like that. Supply chain, for example, which is very important for somebody in that position, right? I mean, UPS has these guys. And I mean, look, they do an amazing job. That's a hard job. Planning, the travel for all these trucks, making sure that deliveries are made, scheduling their pickups and drop-offs and how many trucks you need. I mean, the military has this too, delivering tanks and so on and so forth. Why not tap one of these individuals who has experience to be transportation secretary? Well, Pete Buttigieg made a deal with Joe Biden and the administration. His qualifications for this job are, well, he's gay and he dropped out and endorsed Joe Biden. Those are his qualifications. And I got to play a clip of Tucker Carlson. I mean, just just the first part of it. I mean, I, I, I laughed out loud. Tucker Carlson has some of the best writers on the planet. And it's just so funny the way he describes Pete Buttigieg. Uh, You know, and the reason I'll play it is because, look, if somebody is already out there and has said it and done it in a way that I can't even improve upon, well, let them let them make the point. So anyway, December 20th, they find these other documents or or, uh, yeah, December 20th, they find this additional cash of documents in the garage. And now we found out there's actually a third stash and uh, it was also at the same house. So three stashes of classified documents. But here's the thing. It's easy to say, look, okay, the Democrats want to get rid of Joe Biden. That's their motivation. But, you know, we've been saying this since he came into office. People have been saying, you know, Kamala Harris is going to come in, they're going to get the 20, is it going to be the 25th Amendment, right? That he's mentally incapable, unfit for office. When are they going to do that? Uh, look, I mean, the, 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 the same media that covered up, I mean, they look, they, they used the FBI, every apparatus of the federal government weaponized it against the American people and the First Amendment to discredit the Hunter Biden laptop story. A story that, look, remember, 16% or so, I believe the figure was, in this poll that was conducted after the election, found that some 16% odd Democrat voters would not have voted for Joe Biden had they known that the Hunter Biden laptop laptop story was in fact real. That was election meddling, anything to push their guy over the finish line, in addition to all the other uh, corruption out there in terms of the election integrity. So, They eventually did report on the story. They eventually did acknowledge that it was real. So, you know, in some sense, you know, the media has a history of, yes, suppressing information and then leaking it or putting it out there at their chosen time, doing a 180, showing the American people that that they're liars while claiming innocence, that they weren't, in fact, liars. They were doing their due diligence. And and none of that has resulted in them getting rid of Joe Biden now. You know, I I will point out for those of you who really believe in this first theory that they're trying to get rid of Joe Biden right now, I will say that, you know, certain evidence seems to back that up in the sense that Joe Biden has repeatedly suggested that he intends to run for reelection. He's made that claim in November. He did in December again. He says he intends to run for election. But Joe Biden seems to be the only one who wants himself to run for reelection. 
a majority of voters out there do not want Joe Biden to run for re-election. Democrats especially. In fact, there was an exit poll done during the midterm elections, and it found that two-thirds of voters did not want him, hoped that he would not run for re-election. And that backs up other other uh, reporting and other polls out there, by the way. I'm looking right now, I think it was a YouGov poll. There was a YouGov poll conducted as well. This was, I believe, at the end of October. And it found something like only 27% of voters wanted uh, Joe Biden to run. So the point is, a majority of Americans, including Democrats, don't want him to run for re-election. So that's at odds with what Joe Biden wants. So, you know, do have the Democrats decided that Joe Biden can't win in 2024? Are they really, you know, for some historical background on this, by the way, it is very uncommon for a sitting president not to run for re-election. In the, in the 20th century, I mean, I can only think of three examples. Calvin Coolidge was one, Reagan's favorite president. Uh, and then the other two were Democrats. Uh, Harry Truman did not run for re-election, nor did Lyndon Baines Johnson. Now, with uh, Johnson and, uh, you know, before him, Truman, the situation was a little bit different because they both became presidents. They were vice presidents and became president only because in Truman's case, he was Roosevelt's VP and Roosevelt died in the beginning of his fourth term. And so he essentially inherited the throne, if you will. And then decided not. So he finished. uh, Well, he finished Roosevelt's term. He did run for uh, election himself, which would be the first time he ran for president. He won, but then he didn't didn't run for a second term. I mean, these guys look, they they can't You look if you're VP. I'll give you an example. So Kamala Harris right now. Right. If Joe Biden, I'm I'm not trying to be cruel here or anything, but I'm just saying if Joe Biden died for some reason. okay. Kamala Harris could finish his term, and that doesn't count towards the two terms that she can serve, right? So theoretically, if a president dies uh, in the case of a Kennedy or something like that, you can serve out the rest of their term plus eight years. So you could you could you could essentially serve twelve years almost in that type of situation. And, and so, in the case of Lyndon Baines Johnson. Kennedy was assassinated. And that's how Lyndon Baines Johnson became president. So he finished Kennedy's term. He ran for election, won, and then he did not run for a second term. So my point is, from a historical perspective, it's very uncommon for uh, even a Biden to decide, hey, I- I'm not going to run. I mean, it makes the party look weak. And look at the- who's their roster. I mean, as much as we... No, that Joe Biden is such a pathetic president that he's not running the show, that he's a figurehead, that people like Barack Obama and those that were in his administration and Susan Rice and these leftists, as much as we know that they're the ones really pulling the strings and perhaps other people that we don't know about, the George Soroses. I mean, we, we don't know the extent of this. We don't really know who's behind all of it. We've got the WEF, W the World Economic Forum, Klaus Schwab. 
But you've got the likes of Bill Gates and other people out there conspiring, putting money in, not just to America, but other elections, other races, other uh, media, other activist groups out there to try and create authoritarian regimes to carry out this globalist agenda throughout the world, not just in the United States of America. So this is a concerted effort uh, that, that is very dark, very dark, and, and still remains to be fully uh, exposed. So, you know, I mean, who, 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 so my point is, despite Joe Biden being such a disgrace and being so embarrassing, I mean, really, he's been a highly effective president for the Democratic Party. I mean, look at the damage they've done to America. And I wrote, and I was in the minority in an article, you know, shortly after Joe Biden was inaugurated, um, that, you know, Joe Biden, I mean, his, his kind of mental ineptitude and everything, it was actually a, a Democrat Party strength. It, w- it was it was a, a benefit to them, not a a detriment, because because he could get away with more. Because Americans wanted a president that could address them, answer questions, talk to the media, couldn't hide in the basement and spend forty percent of their presidency in Delaware and in other places vacationing. But we all had to acknowledge at the same time that we couldn't have that because he wasn't capable of it. And so in many ways, he's been able to get away with more than any president in American history, in my opinion, certainly since I've been alive, certainly in my memory. So, you know, is Joe Biden the the worst candidate for them? Can Gavin Newsom win? I mean, he seems to be trying to put himself in a position to run. He's trying to pretend like he's moving center, even though he's doing things that are far left. You know, putting a a number, 2035, putting a year on uh, a deadline on getting rid of gas-powered vehicle sales in California, the gas stove issue, all of this. And then there's the second theory that I told you about, that, 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 uh, you know, Democrats are doing the special counsels to to kind of uh, distract from maybe the Hunter Biden scandal to protect and shield Joe Biden in some capacity. But I think it's a third option. What, what I call this third theory is the theory of dual, dueling special counsels. Now, if you listen carefully to the media, they could be harder on Joe Biden right now. They could be, but they're still in a way defending him. Yes, Democrats are certainly behind putting out this information, leaking it, giving the media access, giving them the green light to put this out there. But... The key point the Democrats continue to make is that their difference that they are pointing out to the American people between what Biden did and what Trump did is that Biden has been working with the FBI, not obstructing them, that Biden was just careless. He wasn't intentionally keeping these documents in violation of federal law. It wasn't intentional. He's just a goofy guy that made a mistake. And remember, James Comey used intents to get Hillary Clinton off the hook back in 2016 with the email scandals. I mean, look, she she used bleach bit to get rid of the classified documents. She broke devices, blue, um, uh, uh, what did you call it? Blackberry phones with a hammer. It was a complete cover up of what she had done. But you know, James Comey, and I've played it on this program before, 
he gave a long winded speech in which he said that pretty much anybody else in the federal government who did exactly what Hillary Clinton had done would have been prosecuted. It would have been viewed as a crime. There would have been indictments. But those people weren't Hillary Clinton. And so he said they couldn't prove that she intentionally did this. And that was the reason she got off. Now, Democrats had been claiming since the raid of Mar-a-Lago, the FBI raid of Mar-a-Lago, that Donald Trump had some ill intent behind his possession of classified documents from the White House. Now, look, we know, as a matter of fact, that Trump is not guilty of anything. We know that the difference between Joe Biden and Trump is that Trump was president and Joe Biden was vice president. That Donald Trump had the ability to declassify any documents that he wanted to, and Joe Biden didn't have that ability and authority. That's a significant difference. So the idea that Donald Trump should be indicted for doing something wrong when he had the authority to declassify anything to begin with is outrageous, is outrageous. Now, Joe Biden, what he did was so much worse because he didn't have that authority. He couldn't declassify those documents. He was not Barack Obama. He was not Donald Trump. Okay. So in this scenario that I am imagining based on reason, I'm not just making this up. It's based on things that I've been watching out for for a long time. Is that. Look, the the witch hunt against Donald Trump with regards to. The classified documents that he had at Mar-a-Lago. You haven't heard much about it. It's lost steam. And look, Democrats, and they'll admit it, you can listen to them on the media, you can see them tweeting out there, the prominent ones that go out and that are, you know, useful idiots for the Democratic Party. Well, they are saying they're very upset with um, Merrick Garland, saying that it was a mistake to make him the department, you know, the head of the, the DOJ. They're pointing to the fact that look how fast Merrick Garland appointed a special counsel to look into Joe Biden and his possession of classified documents. And look at how long it took him to appoint a special counsel for Trump. If only Merrick Garland would move as quickly with Donald Trump, who must be prevented from running for office, because as Joy uh, Behar said on The View, well, you know, we give uh, Biden the benefit of the doubt because we know he's not a liar and a thief. But Donald Trump, we know he's a liar and a thief, so he gets no benefit of the doubt. So the Democrats have now ignited, have given Merrick Garland justification to speed up and demand accountability, demand a resolution, a recommendation from the special counsel assigned to the Donald Trump incident. And meanwhile, he's now named a special counsel to look into Joe Biden. So these special counsels are now conducting parallel investigations into Joe Biden and Donald Trump. And so the American people will be clamoring for the special counsel to come to a conclusion on Joe Biden. And now there will be also it will also be justified and demanded that Donald Trump that that special counsel also conduct its investigation in a timely manner and make a referral to Merrick Garland. And so you're going to have 
two cases prevented to the DOJ for the possession of classified documents. You're going to have, on the one hand, Joe Biden, and on the other hand, Donald Trump. And they're already setting out, making the case, and trying to explain what the difference is. They're trying to suggest what the results should be, what the conclusion should be. And what that is for Democrats is Joe Biden had classified documents, but intent separates him from Trump. So he is exonerated just like we did with Hillary Clinton. But Donald Trump, on the other hand, here are the differences. He had intent. That's what we're proving. So he actually is going to be indicted. They're trying to justify that result now, which American people had largely just abandoned, even Democrats, because there wasn't anything there. So I think this is about claiming Donald Trump's scalp ultimately. They've been trying to claim Trump's scalp since 2016. They hadn't gotten it. We went through Trump-Russia collusion. We went through quid pro quo. I mean, we, we, we went through the tax stuff, Trump University. We've heard it all. I mean, and it hasn't gotten them what they wanted. I mean, because what the Democrats hoped was like a Watergate incident. They were longing for... Donald Trump to give in, submit to their pressure and the attacks, and to resign. That's what they wanted, and it didn't happen. They underestimated their opponent, Donald Trump, and the American people who supported him. And so here we are again, desperate to claim a scalp. And I think they're using this leak, this information about what Joe Biden did to instigate and speed up the investigation into Trump and to ultimately get a grand jury, perhaps, to arrive at a conclusion that what Trump did is different. We now have something to compare it to because all of this was unprecedented before. Well, now it's not unprecedented. Now we've got two, two people, a sitting president and a former president, being investigated for a similar act. But what's the result going to be? Are they both going to be found guilty? Or is Biden going to be let off the hook? And is Trump going to be indicted. That's where this is going, I think. All right. I want to tee up actually a clip. Um, this one is actually, the media stuck out um, Ayanna Presley, a Democrat. Uh, she's out there on the media, and I want you to hear what she said to back up my claim. All right. One here's, area where we have here's some Ayanna bipartisanship Presley. this week is on the new committee that has been found focused on China and the United States' competition with China. You actually voted against that committee, even though a lot of Democrats voted for it. Can you explain why you voted no? I voted no because, again, it's a it's a, another uh, a sham uh, effort here. It's really uh, clear that this is just a committee that would further embolden uh, anti-Asian rhetoric and hate and put lives at risk. Well, I, actually, that was a different clip than I than I thought it was. Uh, I got them mixed up. But I'll tie this in uh, to what I was saying as well. <clears throat> so you just had a, a the House vote um, to pass a resolution, right? They, they're setting up a select committee that's focused on U.S. competition with China. And it passed, but 65 Democrats voted against the establishment of this committee. Now, what is so controversial about this? We know that China is our enemy. We know that they are seeking to undermine the United States and our power and to supplant us on the world stage. It's not a secret. They've got the Confucius Institutes they've been behind. 
Uh, they're buying up farmland. I mean, they're doing everything they can to destroy us from within. I mean, they're trying to preach anti-Americanism, create favorability for China. You've got Democrats out there constantly praising the way the communists work, how quickly they can work, because, you know, they don't have any obstruction, any opposition, you know. They can just, you know, do whatever they want because it's an authoritarian regime. And her justification for opposing this is that she wants to suggest that setting up a committee to look into China and what they're up to and investigating them and their involvement here at home in the United States of America, which we know needs to be done, Joe Biden, case in point. Well, we can't do it because it would be racist. It would stoke hatred towards what? Asian people? Uh, let me get this straight. I mean, the Democratic Party and Democrat-controlled universities around the country, um, they are engaged in absolute, overt, out-in-the-open hostility towards Asian Americans. They're discriminating against them. They're preventing them from getting jobs, getting education, getting admission to these universities because they are, they are Asian. And this is a problem for Democrats, apparently. I mean, Asians are a minority in America, but not the correct minority. And so Asians are, you know, public enemy number one, well, them and white people for the Democratic Party, but they don't want to look into this. They don't want to look into China at all. And I'm telling you right now, China has absolutely infiltrated this country, our government, our institutions. China was directly involved, as a matter of fact, with the University of Pennsylvania. Lobbying them to discard you know, harmful uh, elements to China, whether it was investigative, related in an investigative capacity, and so on and so forth. And the University of Pennsylvania, if I can find the story in a little bit, they were directly involved in lobbying the U.S. government to drop a certain program uh, aimed at doing much what this committee is doing now. And the Ch communist Chinese poured money to the University of Pennsylvania, you know, 54 million some odd dollars at the same time that Joe Biden was there. A majority of it came in while Joe Biden had his office there at the University of Pennsylvania. And look, if the Democrats wanted to get rid of Joe Biden, they don't need to do it with this. They could do it with a Hunter Biden laptop scandal. They could do it with any number of things. I mean, honestly, the idea that these classified documents, which they've known about since November, are the thing that the Democrats are going to use to get rid of Joe Biden finally defies logic to me. I mean, I'm not disputing how that looks on the surface level and why people may arrive at the conclusion that this is what they're up to. I, I, I just don't think it is. Because there's so many things that are more immediate that they could reveal that would get rid of Joe Biden. Now, maybe they don't want to touch the Hunter Biden laptop stuff. They don't want to draw attention to the communist Chinese. You know, it's very peculiar, too, what information has been leaked. Despite there being three troves of documents found now, one at the University of Pennsylvania and two at Joe Biden's Delaware home. Well, the only information I've read so far was that in the first batch that was discovered in that closet at the Biden Penn Center, well, there were documents pertaining to Ukraine and Iran. I don't know why they 
put that information out there. They haven't told us what the other documents contained, what they related to. Now, with Donald Trump, they were quick to say that he had the nuclear secrets. He'd stolen the nuclear football from the from the, the White House. Hillary Clinton only stole furniture. Joe Biden stole the nuclear codes. I mean, that's a little bit of an exaggeration, but essentially that's what they were saying. He stole nuclear secrets. I mean, what was he going to do with them? Give them out? I, I, I don't understand. To Russia, who has nukes? I mean, it was absurd, and they had to walk back that claim, too. My point is, they didn't find anything. And look, not a lot of not all this is going to make sense. There's not a, a straight line to everything that's going on because the Democrats, I mean, as much as they're scheming, as much as they plan, as much as they do things intentionally, they also have to improvise. I mean, look at Trump-Russia collusion, for example. Initially, Trump-Russia collusion was put out by the Hillary Clinton campaign um, to distract people from the other damning emails, the Podesta emails that revealed that they had colluded, actually, and had a rigged primary process to ensure that Bernie Sanders was not the Democratic Party nominee and that Hillary Clinton was coronated. There was other things in there, too, showing the elitist attitudes of Hillary Clinton and the other Democrats, how they viewed their voter base. Things that would be distasteful to Democrat voters, even. And this was right before the election. And they feared this was going to sink her chances of winning that they thought were, you know, so insured. So they claimed that, you know, Trump was actually colluding with Russia. Right. The Russians hacked. And this was never proved. Never proved at all. In fact, it seems like it was an inside job. But, you know, the, the, the DNC, by the way, they never allowed our own FBI and intelligence community to investigate who was behind the Podesta email hack, WikiLeaks, etc. They outsourced it to another company. Why would they do that? If this was a national security problem, the Russians were involved, you'd think you'd want the FBI, the CIA, the American government involved in getting to the bottom of it. But they didn't do that. They rejected their uh, request to do that. Instead, hiring, outsourcing a third party. And so then, Trump won election despite them putting out Trump-Russia collusion and this hoax. And then when, it, when he was elected, they immediately used the Trump-Russia collusion scandal. They pivoted and decided to continue to use that to persecute him and try and oust a duly elected president after he was in there. Naming a special counsel, Robert Mueller, and doing that whole thing. It didn't work. It didn't result in anything. It proved that there was no Trump-Russia collusion. And we know it was a coup attempt. And then it was quid pro quo, and then it was, you know, J6 insurrection. But the point is, what the Democrats fear more than anything is a Trump presidential candidacy, candidacy and viability in 2024. I mean, I just... You know, I vacillate on this some, but I just look at it and I just I do not believe that the Democrats are confident that they can defeat Donald Trump in 2024. I just don't believe that's the case. I think they fear him. I mean, we've never seen this type of persecution in American history. They hate Donald Trump. They hate him so much. They're. Number one priority is to punish Donald Trump, to put him in jail, 
That's what they're obsessed with, this Trump derangement syndrome. Orange man bad. Some of it's ego, some of it's fear of his dismantling, of of his exposing them, of his effectiveness also, because they've never encountered a political opponent like Donald Trump before. They've got the Bushes, right? They've got the Romneys. They've got the turncoats, the people that cave, the rhinos, the people that are willing to reach across the aisle and give the Democrats what they want instead of demanding that the Democrats cave and concede and make concessions to the Republicans. So anyway, so that, that's just where I, I, I see this going. All right, I'm going to take a short break here. Then we get back. We're going to talk about a little bit more of this uh, <laughs> ban on the stove, the, the, the gas stove. And we've got the, um, the, the assault stoves, I'm calling them, by the way. That's right. We've got assault weapons. We've got a ban. We've got assault stoves. And then, you know, we've got the Democratic Party who has revealed themselves to be the party of infanticide. All right, this is Drew Allen, and I will be right back. make sure that uh, everyone saw this. Uh, It's a statement from Richard Sauber. His statement reads, as the president said, he takes classified information and materials seriously. And as we have said, we have cooperated from the moment we informed the archives that a small number of documents were found and we will continue to cooperate. We have cooperated closely with the Justice Department throughout its review And we will continue that cooperation with the special counsel. We are confident that a thorough review will show that these documents were inadvertently misplaced and the president and his lawyers acted promptly upon discovering of this mistake. Uh, With that, uh, my colleague is here. uh, That was Corrine Jean-Pierre at the press conference trying to answer questions about, hey, what's going on with these classified documents? Joe Biden's guilty of what he, well, accused Trump of doing. But I want you to, 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 to remember what she said there. I mean, she, she's saying that, you know, I mean, she's laying out the case for these dueling special counsels, right? I mean, she's saying there, well, we're confident that a thorough review will show that these classified documents, Joe Biden's, the ones he was in possession of illegally, well, they were inadvertently misplaced. And the president and his lawyers acted promptly upon discovering this mistake. And that's why I believe that this is being used to really go after Trump. It's still all about Trump, even when they're making it about Biden right now on the surface. So they're going to say and try and argue that the difference here is that in Trump's case, his documents that he had were not inadvertently misplaced. It was intentional. And the president and his lawyers, in contrast with Joe Biden's, who promptly acted responsibly upon discovering the mistake, well, Trump's wasn't a mistake. It was intentional. And they obstructed. They did not cooperate. And that's why they're going for the jugular. Now, the story that I I wanted to, to talk about just a minute ago in relation to China's involvement with University of Pennsylvania um, and and University of Pennsylvania lobbying on behalf, right? Because I'm saying Ariana Pross, Presley, 
And these dozens of Democrats voted against a committee to basically look into and investigate China and their involvement here in America. Well, the University of Pennsylvania, which collected the tens of millions of dollars from China while paying Joe Biden, right, and hosting his foreign policy think tank, well, they successfully pressured the Biden Justice Department to end an FBI counter-espionage program targeting Beijing's increasing influence within U.S. academia. Why would an elite U.S. institution lobby on behalf of the communist Chinese to end counter-espionage efforts by the American government? They are bought and paid for by the communist Chinese, just like Joe Biden and just like the Democratic Party. So Attorney General Merrick Garland, he shut down the FBI's so-called China initiative in February 2022. Shortly after more than 160 members of the University of Pennsylvania, faculty signed and made public an open letter demanding the program be shuttered on the grounds that it counted to racial profiling. And that's the case that Ariana Presley made, too, and these other Democrats. Oh, it's racial profiling. These people are racial profiling. They don't even want Asians in their schools. But when it comes to investigating the the communist Chinese and the government, well, they don't want to have any part of it. They lobbied on behalf of the communist Chinese to terminate this program. And two weeks after the University of Pennsylvania and these other faculty members sent this letter to Garland, well, he announced the termination of the program. That's not in the national security interest of the United States of America. And look at all of the corruption here. I mean, all the institutions are so corrupt. Who are they listening to? Look, during the pandemic of the mind, you know, you had the teachers unions and Randy Weingarten telling the CDC to alter their recommendations because the teachers unions wanted it that so. It wasn't based on science. The CDC was prepared to say, okay, you don't need masks or you can reopen. And Randy Weingarten said, hey, wait a minute, we don't want to reopen. Change your guidelines. And they listened. Is Randy Weingarten a doctor? Is she an immunologist? No. Is the University of Pennsylvania an expert in foreign policy? Are they privy to classified documents that the intelligence community has regarding China's involvement in the United States of America and the corruption here? No, they're not. But they took money from the communist Chinese. The communist Chinese have infiltrated our institutions. And they're using these universities and other plants now who've taken their money to do the bidding of the communist Chinese. You think this isn't happening in Congress? If this is happening at the University of Pennsylvania, I guarantee you the Democratic Party, Joe Biden, it's the same thing. It's the exact same thing. They've also taken money from China. They're also beholden to China. And China's the greatest enemy we have. And this is exactly what's happening in front of our eyes right now. China has infiltrated the United States federal government and our institutions around the country to bring us to our knees. We are going to destroy ourselves within, from within, to do that which a foreign enemy cannot do from abroad. It's absolutely outrageous. Absolutely outrageous. Now, the Democrats also just pretty much unanimously, no, it was unanimous in the House, voted against a bill that would require babies that survived abortions to be resuscitated. Babies that survived abortions to be cared for and kept alive. This is evil. This is evil. 
I told you this was never about women's productive rights for the Democratic Party. It has nothing to do with women's reproductive rights. This is a death cult who promotes infanticide, who hates the unborn. And it is astonishing that this just happened and the media will sign on on it, sign on after it. They'll support it. They will claim that the Republicans who believe that a baby who is viable, that a mother tries to abort and it fails, that that child should be then left to die. It's bad enough that they support the murder of the innocent unborn. It's even more atrocious, incomprehensible, unfathomable that they would then promote allowing ensuring that a baby that does survive an abortion is then still killed. Outrageous. And I'm going to play a clip right now. This is, uh, I forget her name right now. It's really irrelevant. It's the thought process of all the Democrats out there. She actually tries to quote the Bible in defense of what they're trying to do. Here we go. I'll play this clip now. When I read the scripture... I turn to passages and I'm guided by passages like Jeremiah 1 verses 5, which states, I knew you before I formed you and I placed you in your mother's womb. It doesn't say the government's womb or the speaker's womb. It says the mother's womb. I believe life is precious, but I reject the idea that if I embrace the sanctity of life, I also must be forced to invite the federal government in to regulate it. We must protect families from unnecessary government intrusion into the most sacred and personal decisions of our lives. So the decision to murder a baby, that is now a sacred decision, according to Democrats, that we have. It is sacred. It is moral to murder. This is where we are in America. Now, the bill in question here, I'll read to you. I got to look off screen here for those watching for a moment. So nearly every House Democrat on Wednesday voted against legislation that would require immediate medical attention for babies who are born alive after an attempt was made to abort them. The House passed the Born Alive Abortion Survivors Protection Act, which says any infant born alive after an attempted abortion is a legal person for all purposes under the laws of the United States. Doctors would be required to care for those infants as a reasonably diligent and conscientious healthcare practice practitioner would render to any other child born alive. Exactly right. This is what is so sick about the abortion arguments. The intent separates everything. So if a woman wants the child to survive, wants to give birth, well, the child is deemed a human life. But if the woman doesn't want that same child to come into this world and be born, well, it is therefore a useless clump of cells. There is no logic to the abortion argument. There is no logic or rationality to what they want. And 210 Democrats voted against this. Murdering a child that survived an abortion. 
This is a death cult. The Democrats are the party of death and of infanticide. I mean, we look, I mean, I, I don't know how to say it clearer than this. I've had conversations with people. This is a battle of uh, good versus evil now in this country. It, it, it's as simple as that. It is good versus evil. And the Democratic Party proves time and time again which side they stand on. And they are the devil's army. This bill proves it. The Born Alive Abortion Survivors Protection Act. And 210 Democrats voted against it. And they're talking about third trimester abortions, by the way. And look, I'll I'll level with you again. This is so personal to me now because my wife is now entering her third trimester. And as I've mentioned, you know, we're expecting a baby girl in April. And the Democrats not only believe that my child, well, that that child should, you know, I should have the right or my wife should have the right to abort the child in the third trimester. I mean, her belly is swelling. I mean, obviously, it's a baby bump. I mean, I, I press my hand to my wife's belly, and it's my favorite thing to do these days. You know, I don't have a lot of free time between working in public relations and representing all these big clients uh, and doing my own stuff with the podcast and going on shows and trying to get the word out about things. And I don't have a lot of free time. And if I have a moment of free time and I can do one thing, do you know what that thing's going to be? It's going to be pressing my hand to my wife's belly and feeling our daughter kicking, doing somersaults inside there. And it is a miracle. Obviously, that's a living human being. And the Democrats say it's not. If you want to get rid of that baby that you've been feeling moving around in there, just kill it. And if we try to kill it and we fail and the baby comes out and is alive, the Democrats just voted to let that child die because the intention was to kill it. And that's a sacred right that we all have to murder the unborn. All right, we're going to take one more short break here. We'll close out. Uh, This is Drew Allen, the Millennial Minister of Truth. You know what also excites me? Among the many things, I'm excited about electric school buses. I love electric school buses. I just love them. For so many reasons, maybe because I went to school on a school bus. Raise your hand if you went to school on a school bus, right? I just love electric vehicles. Raise your hand if you ever rode a bus to school. I guess that's why I love it. Have you heard anything more cringeworthy in your life? I mean, if you thought that it couldn't get any worse than Hillary Clinton, Well, I give you Kamala Harris, the only woman more loathsome with a voice more painful to the ears than Hillary Clinton herself. The only female Democrat politician less likable than Hillary Clinton is Kamala Harris. They will not run Kamala Harris over Joe Biden. I'll tell you that right now. But that is so unbelievable. There she is. That is her stooping for more electric cars. 
I guess I love electric vehicles because I rode in a school bus. I mean, I guess I love electric school buses because I rode in a school bus. I mean, I, I don't know. I, I guess, I mean, I, I can't, I can't even think of anything to try and say analogous to that because I, I'm not dumb enough, but it's just so cringeworthy. And you know, this stove stuff, by the way, it's so ridiculous and it's not founded on any side. And by the way, the group that was behind the quote unquote study, I think it was called the Rocky Mountain Institute, but they're big pro Electricity guys, not electricity, but, you know, electric appliances, electric vehicles, whatever. They're anti-fossil fuel. And so, of course, they create this. It's like it's like somebody who, uh, you know, whether let's say it's almond milk, almond milk, and you make cow milk and you do a study and you put out there how bad almond milk is for you. I mean, that's what happened here, except that you could make probably more arguments that were based up on fact that almond milk is bad for you. I'm not saying almond milk is bad for you. I'm just saying that you could probably find a reason that was valid to say, ah, don't do almond milk. I mean, this climate hoax, it's all backed up with nonsense, with nothing. And they don't want us to have anything, anything that uses gas, methane. You know, here's the thing, too, about the, um, you know, gas. It's, it's methane. It's CH4. It's CH4. And I, I doubt they know uh, what that's about. I was trying to look here. I tweeted something out about it. It was straight to the point. Because you hear all these Democrats out there talking about the CO2, talking about what nitrous oxide. I didn't even know what, what they're out there saying that, 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 that the problem is. Um, but while I'm looking for it, you know, my producer put up on, uh, I'm not on TikTok, but anyway, he put up a clip of me from last episode railing against Joy Behar and talking about how dumb she was and how dumb the view was. And it got thousands of views before TikTok shut it down, said it violated the terms of service. How about that? How about that? Um, well, I'm looking through, you know, today's today's a different show because I don't have Mr. Producer with me, the captain. So I'm here doing this solo and it's not as easy because I've got to put in all these different components myself uh, and everything else. So um, otherwise, it's a pretty darn good show. But I, I'm faced with a few hurdles and obstacles here. Uh, yeah. So I mean, so natural gas, it's methane. I mean, it's CH4. So what that means is each molecule that's burned. It yields heat, one molecule of CO2, and two molecules of water vapor. Very, very dangerous stuff there, you know? Very dangerous stuff. So the gas stove thing, it's just another another way of separating us from reliable energy sources. And I, I really don't, I mean, I, I, I people should take this seriously. A lot of people don't want to take it seriously. They think, oh, this is so stupid. It's a distraction. It's not a distraction. It's happening. And the problem is, if you look at California, for example, they've already put a ban on the sale of new elect, new uh, gas-powered vehicles and trucks in 2030. It's coming. And your life's going to change before you know it. It's not going to be the same. And you think, oh, it's down the road. No, look. I mean, 
These things are real. They will take your gas-powered stove away from you, your assault stove. I mean, it's laughable. I mean, we sit here and think this is unbelievable, but, but they're doing it. And they're serious about it. They don't have the right to do it. I mean, think about that woman who's quoting the Bible, you know. The federal government shouldn't be in your bedroom, they say. But the federal government should be in your kitchen. You have the right to an abortion. You have the right to make a decision about the life and death, killing or not, your child. The federal government can't come in and come in and tell you what to do with your body. But the federal government can come in and tell you what types of light bulbs you can install and buy. What types can be on the market? They can tell you what kind of stove you can have. They can tell you what kind of car you can drive. They can tell you when you can and can't go to work based on some public health emergency they decide. They can rule every aspect of your life. Except when it comes to the life of the unborn. All right, I want to close out. This is this is Tucker Carlson. I just want to finish with him just dunking, slam dunk on Pete Buttigieg, whose only qualification is being a gay supporter of uh, Joe Biden. That's it. That's it. And that's why we have this problem in America. You know, you have unqualified people serving in very important positions. And when you have them there, you have things like what happened the other day with all the flights across the entire country being shut down, being shut down. And Pete Buttigieg, you know, he's busy addressing uh, racist roads, racist bridges, and um, doing things like this. I mean, Pete Buttigieg oversaw a rebranding of the faulty NOTAM, NOTAM system to make it more inclusive by referring to air missions instead of airmen in 2021. I mean, this was undergoing this two-phase modernization, they call it. And, well, we had a, a major issue, a major issue take place that grounded all the planes. But, you know, don't worry. Don't worry. The system's name was more inclusive. This is what you get. Here's Tucker Carlson. So think back two years. It was two years ago that Pete Buttigieg of South Bend, Indiana, was in a very hard place, really. He was unemployed. He was pushing 40. He was staring down the barrel of a grim and nonproductive middle age. For Mayor Pete, the back nine did not look promising. But then help arrived in the unlikely and doddering form of Joe Biden. Either because of his innate decency or because he has a nasty sense of humor, Joe Biden made Pete Buttigieg the federal secretary of transportation, despite the fact that Pete Buttigieg had no relevant experience with transportation of any kind, apart from occasionally riding a bicycle with a little helmet. This was a huge promotion from unemployment to the White House cabinet. And understandably, Mayor Pete was full of vim and high-minded ambition as he started his new job. But soon, very soon, came crushing disappointment. For Mayor Pete, the back nine did not look promising. I, that was one of my favorite monologues I've ever seen from Tucker Carlson. And there's a lot of good ones out there. But um, but anyway, you know, we'll keep focusing on this story. Uh, the Hunter Biden, sorry, the Joe Biden now uh, classified documents but like i said I, I think my theory will 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 ring out to be true uh, i I'd, I'd lower your expectations you know and, and the the alternatives aren't good anyway if it's not joe biden it's kamala harris um and a lot of people think that could be a lot worse but anyway god bless you all 
This is Drew Allen, your Millennial Minister of Truth. Until next time.